You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I am Stephen Serta. Massive AFC matchup on Sunday afternoon between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, so plenty to get you caught up on from the past week. We'll start things off with the Arrowhead Pride Editor's show, discussing their marinated takeaways from the Chiefs' Week 13 loss to the Green Bay Packers. After that, it's the Out of Structure podcast, just trying to figure out what happened on Sunday night in Lambeau Field. After that, it's Chiefs Coast to Coast diving into our first full-length preview of the week. After that, we'll take a quick time out. When we get back, we'll catch up with the Great British Chiefs show, just diving into their predictions for Sunday's matchup against the Bills. And then after that, we'll wrap things up with Show and BK, discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball on Sunday to come away with a win against Buffalo. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's show, and it's time for the marinated takeaways from last night's disappointing loss to the Green Bay Packers, 27-19. The Chiefs are dropping to 8-4. and four. They actually dropped to fourth in the conference, John, which uh, is a steep drop. That's how that's how crowded it is at the top of the AFC. So now the Chiefs are going to need some help if they're going to finish with the top seed. Plenty of time to go, though. Five games and the schedules for the teams ahead of them. The Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Jaguars are, are a little bit tougher, um, you know, so long as the Chiefs can get by this Bills game with the win. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, let's reflect on this this Chiefs and Packers game. And, and John, I'll start with you. I keep thinking about Marty Schottenheimer, and he always talked about how the margin of victory in the NFL was so small. And here it is, you know, 30 years later, and it's still true. It's even more true. And, you know, Reed talked about that today. Um, and this is a this game is a great example of uh of how close these games really are it's real easy when the chiefs lose a game like this to say oh my god they they they're so messed up and it's there's a lot of legitimate beefs you can make about the chiefs but in the end it really only takes a few plays uh to get a result like this and in this case there's like four or five of them um you know, the interception certainly is one of them. The sacks and the red zone uh, go in there. There's a penalty in there. Any one of those things go differently, and the result of this game could be entirely different. I, right. I, I, th- I thought one of the things that was interesting about this game is that the Chiefs didn't punt 
until very late in until the second half. Right. Um, they scored on every possession except for the halftime. Uh, I guess they ran out of time there, but um, they only they, had 18 the, seconds to start with or whatever. Well, it, was, it was a great it was a great punt by uh, Green. Yeah. They, they were yes. backed until they were three. So they they decided yeah. to just go into the yeah. locker room because they're going to get the ball anyway. So it wasn't really a, it wasn't a real possession as, as yeah. we put it in our articles last night, but um, you know, it wouldn't have taken much for this game to go another way. And that's exactly what the league wants. That's what they want to see with parody that these games can go different ways. And of course the chiefs over the last couple of seasons have had these wonderful records, but many of them have been wins by a single score. And yeah. what we're seeing this year might be as simple as the Chiefs are just a little bit off of that pace that they were yeah. in the last couple, three years. And I, I don't say this to make excuses for them. They've, they've got problems they need to fix. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying anybody's wrong in their determination of, of what that fix needs to be. But I think it's a mistake to look at the Chiefs and go, it's all totally messed up. I think there's just little things. And that's what Reed said today, that it's close. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think he saw toward the end of the game that uh, a couple calls could have, could have gone both ways. Sure. Like the officials yeah. really dropped the ball. And I think they were trying to make up for it on the fly. Like, I think a big part of what, what happened at the end of the game was uh, they felt like maybe they had misjudged the Marquez Valdez Scantling going out of bounds. And then suddenly maybe they, they thought, you know, I, I do think makeup calls exist. And I, you know, I think suddenly they may have thought like the PI on Marquez live was not as egregious as it was. And they thought they might be able to get away with a 50, 50 call, but it wasn't a 50, 50 call. It was like a hundred zero call. And, yeah. and, you know, now they're, it, it's almost like they got, so deep in this trying to fix it that they made even more and more wrong decisions. The Hail Mary PI is never going to be called, but the right. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, when I bring it up, I think you have to bring it up when you talk about this game, but I, I'm not blaming the one call of a 60 minute game for why the chiefs lost, but right. you, you mm-hmm. just would like to see less of the officials, but that's just another example of if the officiating is a little bit better toward the end of the game, is it something where the Chiefs miraculously pull it off? Like even, and even if they make that call on Marquez Valdez Scantling, which I'm I'm saying they should. Do the Chiefs get the two point conversion? They had failed the two point conversion earlier in the mm-hmm. game, and they have right. been iffy on short yardage. So just, I mean, it's not like it was. Hey, if the refs make this call, we win. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it goes to overtime. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't even go to overtime. So who knows? But that is that was a bonus marinade takeaway. I don't even have that on my list. Um, <laughs> But mine kind of stems off of yours, John. And and as I as I start to say this, if you're listening, wherever you're listening, picture me with with the SWAT shield, because I know there's going to be some of you that are not not happy with this. <laughs> but I think truly lost in the game is that Chiefs the Chiefs scored points on their first four drives. I'm taking away that one at the end of the half. It doesn't, that one didn't even count. They were they were saying we're just going to take the next possession in the second half. Uh, and and again, SWAT shield up. The defense was a little disappointing in this game, maybe even worse than allowing touchdowns and points like they did. They were allowing these methodical drives and then allowing the touchdowns. And so the possessions were getting limited. And when the Chiefs are only scoring three points on their limited possessions and you're giving up touchdowns, um, I I think that leads to a problem because you're you're essentially giving up control of the game. And I think this is a big more than just the game because 
games can go different ways. I know like that fourth and one play in the middle of the game where it was a rainbow pass between four defenders that could have easily gone differently. And kind of, as you were alluding to, then the whole game is different and the whole perspective is different. But I think something that, that's concrete that is worth talking about is we've been so high on the defense all year. What concerns me is they're low key, not so great against the run game. The, the Packers were down uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is not as good. And they were able to run right and left and really dictate how the game was going to go by having success against the chiefs um, in the run defense. And I saw that Ron pointed this out. This was from Sumer sports uh, evaluation and advanced analytics. Uh, the EPA per rush allowed for the Chiefs is 0.01. That's 31 of 32 on the year. Like they're as great as the defense has been. They're not so great uh, against the run. And if you allow a team to run all over you and you're allowing touchdowns, and meanwhile, your offense is still trying to figure it out, you're going to be at a disadvantage in the game. And so, you know, I know that this is going to be a week of once again questioning the Chiefs pass catchers, but I think the defense uh, owns a little bit uh, of this uh, as well, especially in not being great against the run and then thus allowing the Packers to essentially control the possessions and, and by their, thereby the game. Well, I, I go back and forth on this because I really believe that uh, what Chris Jones was quoted as saying in the article that Ron had on the site this morning was that, you know, we got to stop the run because if they are efficient at running the ball, then they can move on to the play action game. Well, they'll be efficient at that. And that's true. Right. Uh, That's absolutely true. But at the same time, over the years, we've seen a lot of teams try and win the time of possession battle by running the ball against the Chiefs. And most of the time, it doesn't work. Well, the good the good news on this is that it's very hard to replicate methodical drives that turn into right. touchdowns. It's like almost right. impossible. To, and and yeah. the Packers were really good at it last night. Let's say in a wild scenario, the Chiefs were to play the Packers again in the Super Bowl. Like, I do not think that they would be able to do that again. That was just a very they. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what you want to do against Kansas City, and, it, and it's very very hard to replicate. Well, right, except that. Sometimes you do that and it doesn't really work out because, as you noted, the EPA per play is a very small number compared to the EPA per play on passing plays. You know, uh, if the Chiefs were a little bit better at their own passing game, uh, maybe that wouldn't matter as much, you know, that they because because over the years, teams that have tried to keep Mahomes off the field by running the ball it's blown up in their face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll yeah. have these teams get 200 yards on the ground and still lose the game. You know, right. I think, uh, it, so- I think it's a little different now if you're able to have success on the ground because the offense and we're like 13 weeks in is right. Indeed still figuring it out. And so that's right. where it's right. killer. And, so. but not by a lot, no. you know, it's not right. like Patrick Mahomes is the 32nd quarterback in the league in all these metrics. He's not. He's well, just not in the top three. <laughs> yeah, and that's the frustrating thing, too, is they were in the red zone. There was, again, not trying to blame officials, but there was that call on Creed Humphrey that seemed a little phantom, and that turned into a field yeah. goal instead of a touchdown. And then the first two drives end up in the red zone, and and you're able to get a field. I think the offense, um, it it's it's not as bad as, as people think because they're operating well between the 20s. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, they had, if the red zone percentage, I looked it up this morning, is 55%. That's 13 in the NFL, right? Like, so the half of them that ended up turning into field goals, if those turn into touchdowns, and suddenly are we really talking about how bad the Chiefs' offense is? I mean, I know we're talking to, 
we're in, we're going down what if hell you know right now but sure, yeah. um well that's our job yeah it's just <laughs> a lot of hypotheticals in this job all right what's your next marinated takeaway job well uh everybody's talking about eric b today so i figured maybe i should too uh yeah. even my sister uh in our in our morning text asked me about eric b should, should oh, the Lord. chiefs have kept eric b and um you know it's a it's a fair question uh i it's it's a very interesting thing to me because during the years that Bianami was here um he didn't have a lot of support necessarily among the fan base uh yeah. people would say you know it's andy reed's team he's just a figurehead you know he doesn't really have that much uh bearing on what goes on oh same yeah thing with McCole, same thing with mccole hardman john like, yeah same, same type right of deal. yeah and now that he's gone and things aren't quite the way they were, people are looking for any kind of thing that might explain what is going on. And going back to what I said before, we're not necessarily looking at something that is a huge difference. Maybe Eric Bieniemy's approach, you know, the good cop, bad cop thing, as Ron Cop put it this morning in uh, in his uh, Five Things We Learned piece on the on the website. Maybe that's something that was pretty significant for the Chiefs. I, I think it's a it's a fair question to ask. Um, I don't know the answer to it, I, I, but I, I think it's fair to wonder if that's part of what's going on with the Chiefs is that the enemy's influence as a um, as a disciplinarian. Uh, to fulfill a role that they need to have on the team, but one that Andy Reid doesn't want to fulfill, um, and that Matt Nagy doesn't do very well, maybe that's making a difference. I, I think it's worth asking that question. I don't know. I, I still don't think that the assistants should be talked about as much as they are on <laughs> on offense with the Chiefs. I, I mean, it's the Andy Reid show, and these guys kind of all compliment him. He, he goes above and beyond to mention these guys because it's not like they're not helping at all but it's more of a collaboration and and Andy Reid has the final say and he calls the plays most of the time I know that sometimes occasionally he'll give them up if they, it feels a little bit stale but it's never for good this is the Andy Reid show and you know I felt that way when it was Peterson and the Nagy and Childress when they were co-offensive coordinators and when the enemy was here and that was the whole problem with the enemy getting a job too that that would be referenced mm -hmm. all the time is yeah. like oh it doesn't make sense because Nagy and Peterson got jobs, but like you're still under the Andy Reid shadow. I mean, looking at Washington, right? Because you have to do that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've won one of their last seven games, and it was against the New England Patriots. Uh, and they scored 15 points against the Miami Dolphins yesterday. The game before, they scored 10 points against the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think that whole idea. And I know it's a different scenario, and I, I get it. It sure. seems like a little yeah. bit of a mess under Ron Rivera. But if you're going to really hang your hat on that, the commander's got to at least be close to 500. They are 4-9. and nine. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, I think it would make a, make a big difference if they were vying for a wild-card playoff spot in the NFC, and it's a team game, right? So that takes the defense not allowing X amount of points as well. I mean, I'm not saying it's like a perfect measurement, but uh, for Biennemi to – to really be a major talking point here, the commanders need to be in a, a better okay. scenario. And, okay. if you, and if you really, if you really dig into, if you really dig into like Washington X, this, like we have Chiefs X, and this is the Commander X. Uh, 
<laughs> it's split on the enemy for the support of him. Like some are really pumped about him and want him to get an opportunity to stay and be the next head coach. Cause it seems like Rivera is going to be on the way out. And then other people are, are saying, well, what has he really done for us here? And so I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on the enemy. I like him a lot. Yeah. I think it, he's overdue for his opportunity, but I don't think it's so cut and dry of being like, we, well, we plucked out the enemy. Now the offense has problems. I, I think it's more complicated than that. Yeah, you got to give, again, the Packers offensive scheme credit. I mean, they really did just put a lot of Chiefs off-ball defenders, guys in the back seven, in blenders, in, in the spin cycle with the way they were doing a lot of pre-snap motion, jet sweeps, you know, pairing that with, with off-tackle runs the other way and even having bootlegs going off of that. So you're really just having guys, you know, having to look all sorts of ways, trying to think about all different things. On the first drive, it was apparent, you know, Leo Chennault, uh, you know, was, was kind of got you know, caught up and, 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 and it caused two completions, two first down completions. He was just, you know, kind of lost, you know, trying to, you know, find space and coverage. The Packers really did a good job of just keep making the chiefs play from their three linebackers set and, and, and passing out of it. And then also having an effective run game, man, that's the thing. I mean, the Packers ran the ball really well, you know, didn't get to a lot of third and longs and, and that's what the chiefs defense needs stags, right? Like this chiefs defense predicates itself on getting the third and long, making life hard on the quarterback once they're there. And they just didn't get there a lot. And and so, you know, it, it kind of makes life easier on on the Packers when that's the case. But you got to give Love credit still for for kind of just executing, right? He 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 just was nails for the most part. Yeah, he, he was very good. The pressure wasn't not was not getting home. Uh, I, I thought towards the end of the game they had a couple of couple of sacks they were able to close out, right? But it was for the most part the pressure wasn't what we're used to seeing. But you're right. Some of that is is uh, down a distance, and and it is a uh, play calling on the offensive side. And I thought AJ Dillon looked really good. I think he he the tackling was a little bit of an issue when they were playing yeah. against him. Now we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I think the fact that the Chiefs had so many injuries on on the defensive side of the ball, especially this week, really made it tough on them, uh, especially when it came to tackling, especially when it came to that second level of the defense. So that. There's there's a factor there, and we'll talk about some of the other reasons this game was a was a loss. We got plenty of good questions, as yeah. is the case <laughs> most of the time when when the Chiefs lose, we hear from you all, which we appreciate. Uh, but feel free to ask a lot of questions when the Chiefs win as well, because we're <laughs> we're fully okay with that as well. I I, w- I want to go back to this point though about uh, the Chiefs getting outplayed, and if you look at the Chiefs' four losses this this season, you could argue. Maybe that the Lions in, in the opener outplayed them. Chiefs still clearly had a chance to win that game. Uh, they were not dominated by any means, but they, you know, the Chiefs didn't play well and and uh, and lost that game. The Broncos clearly outplayed them. Uh, yeah. You know, 20, 24 to nine uh, is is shocking to even see on paper. Uh, the Chiefs and Eagles were pretty evenly matched. I thought. I thought that was a uh, one of those games that they just kind of. Uh, fumbled away at the end, uh, almost literally, and then uh, you know the the Packers again maybe maybe outplayed them, um, but they still had a chance to win. So I guess my point here is, when you're a championship level team, you're not going to be at your best ever. No team's going to be at their best every every week, right? So there's going to be games when you're just not the best team on the field. I think there was uh, there was a case to be made that the Packers game. And the Broncos game were maybe the two games this season uh, where the Chiefs did not play as well as their opponents did. Uh, the other games were kind of ones where they just, you know, 
fumbled away or mishandled it. You know, again, the Lions is maybe debatable, but this Not is a game of games where the Packers played better than you expected them to play. Uh, but the Chiefs still had a chance to win. They still had the ball with six minutes left to go in a five-minute or five-point deficit. Um, this was fully within their grasp to to pull out, even though they got outplayed. Yeah, no, I think that's been the appeal or the excitement of a lot of times at the hot peaks of this year, right, has been how the defense has been playing so well, putting them, you know, in situations where, you know, the offense, you know, we feel like, okay, once the games really matter, as long as the offense is there, like the defense will make plays, you know, it, it feels really good. But, you know, this kind of game shows you that, you know, when the defense doesn't have its best game, you know, this offense right now, like it's not necessarily showing us that we can trust them to to make the play at the end to make up for it. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's concerning. I think, you know, I think the one thing you saw with, with the defense uh, this week was that, you know, it was kind of an old school 2018, 2019 kind of defensive performance where, you know, they really got, they really were forced to limit the chiefs offensive possessions. The chiefs only had two meaningful drives in the first half before that kneel down. And so when you have that, you know, you just feel like you have no margin for error, right? And with the Chiefs offense, usually it's like, okay, they can work with that. You know, they're they're Patrick Mahomes. They can, you know, they're an elite offense. They can they they don't need necessarily a margin for error to work with. But this year they do. <laughs> this year they obviously do with with the problems at receiver. You know, we saw Donovan Smith get hurt. You know, that's a rookie left tackle in there. We'll talk about Wanya Morris, who I did I did think filled in well, but you know, I do think that's that's just something with this this team this year is that you know, this offense right now is, is playing where they, they need to kind of be, they need to lean on the defense a little bit. And if the defense, you know, gets hurt with, with Drew Tranquil out forcing a third string middle linebacker to come in and play in Jack Cochran, who I think filled in admirably, but obviously is going to, is going to give up some plays. I highlighted some of his, his negative plays and important moments on Twitter. And also, you know, you had Brian Cook go out. You know, that's that's a guy who's been playing a lot of good snaps for you this year, a lot of important snaps for you this year at the free safety position. There was a lot of guys going in and out of the lineup, a lot of guys, uh, you know, staying down in the field afterwards. So, you know, this defense has been playing well all year, Stags, but you can't expect them to be healthy the entire season. And that's where the Chiefs offense does need to pick them up in games where where they do experience, uh, you know, injuries like this. And and the offense wasn't wasn't able to maybe like they have in years past, and and that is that is definitely a, a a point of concern that I just I feel like the Chiefs the Chiefs don't have as much margin for error, and I think this game was a perfect example of it. Yeah, margin for error is a good way to put it because these are going to be closer games this season. It's going to be you know a couple of mistakes here and there could lose the game, a couple of big plays you know going the right way could win this game. As I was watching this game, I thought. First team to turn the ball over is going to lose this game. Right. Yeah. Honestly, the the pace of the game, it was long drives. There was, you know, the Chiefs had two drives in the first half. The the Packers had three. This was a a very drawn out, you know, game where both teams ran the ball well. I mean, if you want to look at the positives again, Isaiah Pacheco was phenomenal. uh, Just dragging piles, avoiding injuries somehow when he just gets mangled and continuing to just be that energy giver, that that spark plug for this offense. They were balanced. They they ran the ball really well. Um, you know, they, there weren't a lot of bad drops or anything like that, uh, but they turned the ball over. And, and they turned the ball over largely because there was a couple of really dumb mistakes by the receivers, it looked like, when it, came, it comes to running routes, uh, you know, stopping on a route or running the wrong direction. 
that miscommunication or that uh, uh, misroute running really hurt the passing game and it just helped them, you know, they had a chance to win. All they had to do was execute a, a little bit better uh, in the passing game and they weren't able to do it. Yeah, no, the Chiefs offense really was just marching up and down the field um, on the first four drives, you know, until the 20 yard line, the first four drives, they were pretty much unstoppable between the twenties, but you know, Stags, you set me up. So we might as well get into it now, the party pooper segment. Um, because again, folks, I, I am bringing this party pooper segment weekly as just a, a, a long-term big picture part of this team that that I feel like is going to end up, you know, costing them at the end um, or could end up costing them. They need to overcome it at the end. And you're right. It's a downfield passing game again. It, it continues to be the downfield passing game. It wasn't just, you know, obviously you know, the DPI at the end, you know, Hey, that was defensive pass interference on MBS at the end, right? Yeah. Like that should have been called. I think we can all agree on that. You had the refs in your losers call and we can talk about that in a second, but here's the thing. The chiefs only completed one pass of 20 or more yards downfield again. And that wasn't the only opportunity they had to complete a pass 20 or more yards downfield on the opening drive. There was a play where single high safety, Chiefs attack it with two vertical routes going to one side. So the safety has to pick one or the other. Turns with Watson. MBS goes on a post, has all the room in the world for a touchdown. Mahomes just doesn't sit in the pocket and read it. It's something that I that in the opening script, you would imagine he is knows he has to read this out and see, like, okay, like, is this going to be open or not? It came open, but he just didn't, he didn't want to trust MBS. So, in my opinion, that's an example of. M- the, the overtime, the the wear and tear of MVS just not being in the right spot, not catching these passes, just mentally impacting Mahomes, right? It's it's affecting his anticipation, his confidence. And then we get to the second half when the team really does need a score. They've gone off four straight scoring drives. They go three and out here. And on the second down play of that three and out, MVS goes vertical against one high. Mahomes looks, throws, throws for him downfield. But MVS runs is angling straight for the post safety. He's angling straight for the safety in the middle of the field instead of bending back out and fading da- back towards the sideline where Mahomes throws it. And that's why it's an incompletion. And it's the exact same reason Justin Watson had the incompletion on third down against the Eagles two weeks ago. It's the exact same thing. The receivers not adjusting their route to the safety shell, to the one high look, and running away from the safeties this one was the most, more egregious than Watson's because MBS, if you look at the angle, he is running straight at the post safety. If, if, if Mahomes would have thrown it where MBS was angling, MBS might be in the hospital because it was just that it was it was it was that much like he was direct line to the safety. And so that was, you know, another big part of this game obviously ends up in a punt on that drive. And then we saw the interception with Sky to me and then Stags, I, I you know, I, I know you you. uh want to talk about this play and we'll, we'll get into this to me that play that the interception it feels like to me Mahomes shouldn't have thrown it um it felt like the corner or the the the, the man coverage defender on sky got over quick enough to take it away and to where that either needs to be a, a a super back shoulder low throw or it needs to not be thrown I but either way sky just to me does not run through the route and and I know Mitch Schwartz talked about that on on Twitter but all this, all encompassing, all of the things I've just said is just, it's just another example of these receivers 13 weeks into the season, still not being in rhythm in the offense, on the same page in the offense. And I just, it, it's hard. It, it, I just would, I feel stupid 
telling anybody that it's going to get fixed at this point. So that's that's that, Stags. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I had a Packers fan uh, here recently tell me that that's just the MVS experience, and, and that's, <laughs> what you, that's what you get. It's a roller coaster at, at best, um, but it, it is frustrating to see, and it is there's not a lot of hope that MVS is going to get better. He's a low-percentage player. Um, he's It's a risky proposition to target him deep, and it's just mind-blowing to me <laughs> Of all the other things that went wrong in this game, that route that you talked about, the the interception that you that we talked about, the um, just the whole flow of this game, it all came down to this late fourth quarter drive, Mahomes with the ball, and what does he do? Well, first tries to throw it short to Pacheco, right? But for with a minute nine left, that's not going to help you much, right? Um, then he runs one, and then he starts throwing deep <laughs> to MVS. So you've got the the first and ten, the 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 deep pass um, to MVS that was obviously incomplete. Another deep pass on on the next first down. Uh, so a short pass to MVS, another deep pass to MVS, and then on third down with eight seconds left in the game, he throws it short to MVS. Yeah, and out of bounds. <laughs> Why is MVS the entire final drive at this point? Exactly. And on some of those plays, Rasheed Rice was on the sidelines. Yeah, I, I think I think it tells you that it's important for a veteran, like a veteran's. I guess experience is important in those situations, right? Like that's probably what Coach Andy Reid would tell you if that he was asked that direct question, right? Is like, well, you know, hey, the rookie doesn't have as so much experience in those situations as the vet, but that's the problem is that these situations are going to keep happening because it's football and the playoffs are coming and these are important games and you can't have guys that clearly just just MBS right now is just not playing anything close to good football um, for what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, you just it, there's just no excuse to have him on the field. And so I don't care if, if the rookie doesn't have as much experience in those situations. <laughs> Get him in there. And, yeah, I, I thought it was amazing, too, that MVS continued to be that, that target on the last drive. But why isn't that Justin Watson? Why can't that be, you know, why isn't Richie James getting some, some more downfield looks? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, know, I know Pacheco I, got ejected there, and, and so that was uh, – yeah. you know, he wasn't in. Pacheco's not going to help you that much on a, at that point and, in the game anyway. Yeah, that 15-yard penalty did hurt them a little bit there. Yeah, it – yeah, it's it's inexplicable. There, there's no real excuse for it. As we talk about winners and losers, I put obviously Skymore and MBS in the losers column as as per the usual uh, this season. Uh, but also, you know, I, I put Patrick Mahomes there, and and I think this is a, maybe a controversial thing when Mahomes didn't play badly in this game, right? Like he had some some great passes. He had a couple of good scrambles. You know, he was he played tough gave them a, a chance to get to the point where they could win this game. But when you're the MVP of the league, you're going to get your fair share and, and more than your fair share of the credit when they win and the blame when they lose. And the fact is that Mahomes had the ball down six, down five, six minutes left. And the result was an interception that put him down eight. And at, the, and at that point, you know, they, they still had a chance to come back and tie the game and target MVS four or five times and, and the game's over. So some of this is on Mahomes too. And 
and it's decisions, it is execution, and it's, again, fair or unfair, you expect your MVP to come back and win games like that. I'll, I'll rest my point on that one as we go into our Chiefs preview. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Chiefs and Bills from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium Sunday, 325 kick. This is uh this is Buffalo's Super Bowl. Here it is once again. It's it's weird. They always Buffalo always seems to play their Super Bowl in December, Mark. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how that works. The shade is crazy. <laughs> let's uh let's do like a little injury roundup here with our new date and time recording Tuesdays at 5:30. We don't have your traditional Wednesday update but make attention pay attention to those as we're looking at the availabilities for drew tranquil who was being evaluated and left the game with a concussion against green bay brian cook who i did have a little bit of news on that i don't know if you saw the 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 post i put on x uh, about him and his ankle jeremy fowler reported that it's not broken andy reed kind of danced around that report but the official aaron ladd report mark gunnels is i saw brian cook in the lambeau visitors locker room after the game no air cast, no boot, no nothing on that on that injured left ankle. In fact, he had both of his Tims on. Wow. And, uh, I know if you're if you're a Tims wearer, right? Like you know it, those aren't the easiest shoes to get on, especially if they're brand new. These were not old Tims. Like I, I doubt Brian Cook had some old dusty <laughs> leather-worn Tims that he could just slip into. Like Tims, they they do have ankle support, but you got to get your ankle in there. I know sometimes, and I'm not a doctor, I just and pretending to play one on a podcast right now. Sometimes they'll say, like, if you put your shoe on or keep your shoe on, the ankle doesn't have as much room to swell up. So maybe he was doing something like that, but something to monitor uh, here for Brian Cook and his availability. And then Donovan Smith, who was made unavailable to the media, I think it was uh, listed as a neck injury for him coming out of Green Bay, Um, Kansas City. Let's just say the injury bug bit. Kansas City in Sunday night football. Let's hear from Drew. True. Let's hear from Drew Tranquil's replacement, Jack Cochran. I don't know if it's his replacement, but it's his his teammate who stepped in, was second in the team in tackles in Green Bay, kind of talking about what went wrong in the loss in Sunday night. Did you grade your performance today? Um, I mean, not good enough to get the job done. Um, at the end of the day, the individual performances are, are what they are, but we all come out here with one goal, and that's to get a win, and uh, we get that done tonight, so that's what I'm thinking about. Love looked very comfortable. What was missing from the defense tonight? Uh, they had a good plan. Um, you know, you can look at the schemes all you want, but what it comes down to, I think it's just execution and, and block, getting off blocks and tackling. And uh, I think no matter how you draw it up, it comes down to fundamentals, and I think they, they ex- out-executed their scheme better than, than we did tonight. So I, th- I thought we had a good plan. They had a good plan, too. And, Andy Reid made it absolutely clear in his like Monday Zoom. It was yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack Cochran is not a backup. He's a guy that they see as someone who knows their scheme, has been in the scheme for a while, and can get guys in place. I know he was kind of thrown into the fire, uh, had some ups, had some downs. But if Drew Tranquil does have to miss some time and Nick Bolton's not ready yet, another guy will be monitoring his availability as he works back from that wrist injury. Jack Cochran's the guy wearing the green dot for KC, Mark Gunnels. Yeah, 
and that makes me um, really, really worried. Um, I mean, good kid, hard worker, you know, one of those <laughs> good kids. First in the gym, last to leave type guys. I love, you know, I'm not the bad. Scrappy. Yeah, scrappy, hard nosed, sneaky, athletic. You're sick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. I mean, when you get down to your third string middle linebacker, how can you not have some type of concerns? You would be pretty naive not to. And like I told you, when they were showing on the broadcast several times of just miscommunication or not even maybe miscommunication, but late communication. I think that's a, probably a better way to say it. So, I mean, I guess the bright side would be if he did have to start this week is the fact that he did get those reps against the Packers, so he has that under under his belt. They have some film to clean up and make, maybe they can get, in, get their calls in quicker and things of that nature. So that is a positive, but at the same time, I, I'm really, really hoping, and I'm pretty optimistic, actually, that Nick Bolton will come back this week. Kansas City's defense, look, it, it, it's no secret they were missing some guys and still are missing some guys as we look for their practice statuses as the week goes on, but I thought there was a point in time, especially in that fourth quarter, where it was time for Kansas City's offense to pick up the defense. Like, yeah, they weren't playing a perfect game. They weren't pitching the shutout. They obviously started the game slow. But they held the game close long enough for Casey to have three opportunities in the fourth quarter to go ahead and score and take the lead. Like, you talked about Casey taking advantage of those situations where it was crunch time, and usually we're used to, all right, they need four. They're going to go down there and get the, get the score. Uh, it hasn't looked that way uh, recently, and I wonder if that changes on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. I got their note here as desperate as they try and cling on to postseason hopes and this watered-down AFC, as Mark Gunnels calls it, stepped on. It, it, this, ain't, this ain't pure. This ain't that pure AFC that you used to. This is it's, it's stepped on. The Buffalo Bills are currently 6-6. Six and six. I have them listed 11th in the conference with head-to-head losses to Cincinnati and Denver. Uh, they got a lot of teams in front of them. If they want to win, I mean, if they want to get to the playoffs and, and win another Super Bowl, it's still a Super Bowl that they could possibly win this Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. Like They got to start stacking Ws very quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a must win for them. I think this is essentially elimination game because if you look at their upcoming schedule, it doesn't get much easier. I mean, after the Chiefs, they have to play Dallas next week. Then after that, you play the Chargers on the road. You never know. Herbert still a team you just can't completely overlook. And then they they end their year at Miami. So I mean, that, that's the tough four out of your last five games you have there. So I think you have to start here. And not to mention, it's the AFC game. And, and when it comes to tiebreakers and things like that, it's going to matter a lot. And Aaron, as you know, they're three and five in the AFC. That's their AFC record. You can't fall to three and six, and then you, you're looking at tiebreakers if you're like nine and eight. It's going to get really murky there because you got a lot of teams, like you said, that's ahead of them. And it's, it's going to get ugly in there. You got the Texans, the Broncos ahead of them. The Browns, the Colts, they're all like seven and five. The Broncos are six and six. And the Broncos beat the Bills head to head. So they're they're playing behind the eight ball here. That's why this game does give me 
room for caution because they typically already play good. And Maverick is going crazy. Is right he now. a Bills fan? Is, is Mav a Bills fan? Is that what it comes down to? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, his mom just snatched him up. So hopefully he's, he's good now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anyway, let's get on to the Bills. I f- I'm fearing this game. I'm really fearing this game. I know the Bills have been like, they're a 6-6 six and six team right now. And they seem to be pretty much similar to where the, the, where the Chiefs season's going at the minute as well. Um, although obviously the Chiefs have got a better win-loss record. I just feel like when you look at the stats of this team, both teams are very, very similar. Very, very similar. I think that, well, no, I'm not going to go crazy. They're not, they're not better than us. They aren't better than us. But I probably fear them a lot going into this week. Do you know why I fear them? Why? Because of the star players that they've got. Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs. Josh Allen, he's had an up-and-down season, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, this is one of those games where Josh Allen might just go, do you know what, this is this is the time to shine. The Chiefs are not probably not putting up 20 points on us this time, which I don't think they will, actually. I don't think the Chiefs will put 20 points on this Bills team. I really They're don't. Gonna lose. They're going to lose. Simple as. Straight to, straight to predictions. <laughs> Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're going to lose. They're going to lose. If they don't put up 20 points, they're going to lose. I... <laughs> I I'm petrified of Josh Allen. Yep. Because when he gets it right, he really gets it right. Like yeah. he can go on streaks and he has done throughout his career of not playing particularly well. And yeah. that's just who he is, right? But when he gets on a hot streak, how does he get hot? And like yeah. it, it, on his day, he's as good as any quarterback in this in this league, including Mahomes. Mm-hmm. What separates Mahomes from every other quarterback in the league is the consistency that of which he does play so well. That's why he has all the records because he plays at a level, at a ridiculously high level all time, and he very rarely has bad games. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen has a lot of bad games, but when he plays well, he is borderline unplayable. And the Chiefs have seen that in the past. Like the only thing that stopped Josh Allen from winning a Super Bowl is Mahomes going into God mode. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like if Mahomes was in God mode, Josh Allen in the divisional games was in demi God mode. Right. Yeah. That that's 
That That's how well Josh Allen played. And he went on a heater for the start of last year as well. Now, he's been up and down since then, but that's who Josh Allen is. My fear is that you're now putting the Bills into a situation where they kind of need to win out. Or they need to win at least three or four, three or four games to stand a chance of making the playoffs. And if they need, know they need this game and they know they can move the ball on this Chiefs defense because they have done previously and they've won in Arrowhead plenty. Remember, they've lost, they've won in Arrowhead twice now. Yeah. I know they've lost a few games, but they've won there twice. So they're not scared of playing in Arrowhead. They're just scared of playing in Arrowhead in the playoffs. So during the regular season, the Bills have actually had the better of this matchup mm-hmm. in, in recent times. So if the Chiefs offense is stalling, and again, we're going to get this offensive output of 17 to 20 points, then that's not going to be enough to beat this team. Because yes, the Chiefs defense are playing very well, but the Bills have so many weapons. And yeah. the Bills, if they do flick a switch and they do go into that that mode, which they can get into, then the Chiefs are going to lose this game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know they lost against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, they also played really well, but the Eagles' offense played really well. The Chiefs can't match what the Eagles can do at top gear at the moment. It's just not impossible. It's not possible for the Chiefs' offense to do that. Yeah. But if the Eagles, Bills reach a similar level to what they did against the Eagles, then they're going to win this game. It's it really comes down to what the offense can do for the Chiefs mm-hmm. against this Bills' defense because I feel like the Bills are going to get theirs regardless, and that's despite all the success the Chiefs defense have had. I, I just feel like the Bills are in, going to be in that frame of mind where they had this must-win game and it's going to be like a leave it on the field, leave it all on the field type of game. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen, when he typically when he's in that kind of position, tends to perform quite well. The thing that fears me the most, or makes me fearful the most of the Bills, is they have the potential to really turn it on, where the Chiefs right now at the minute don't look as though they've got the potential to really turn it on. That is a great point. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I think I mentioned it in a, in a show previously where I mentioned that I feared that this Chiefs offense has already hit its ceiling. And this is all we're going to get from this Chiefs offense. You might get flashes every now and again, but there's no further potential that I can see right now that this Chiefs team can really kind of elevate to that next level where the Bills have got that. They've got that fear factor where those star players really could just put it all together and play lights out against us. And going back to what I was saying just previously, just about the the fact that both teams seem very similar, and you can tell that by the stats. Just looking briefly at the stats here, they're very, very similar. Points against per game, fifth of the Bills, third of the Chiefs. Total yards per game, sixth of the Bills, Ninth of the Chiefs, passing yards per game, sixth of the Bills, ninth of the Chiefs, and rushing yards against per game, 20th for the Bills, 19th for the Chiefs. And both teams seem as though they're having a similar season, yet the win-loss records are just completely different right now. But, like I said, I think the Bills have got that potential to really kind of elevate, and they have got it in the locker. They have got it in the locker with those star players they've got. And, like you said, if Josh Allen's feeling right, all right on the night, He's the guy that's going to really kind of start yeah. dropping bombs on on the, on this Chiefs defense, and it, you you could be right as well from what you were saying about the, the you know the the Packers actually finding something out about the Chiefs defense where they've been doing a lot of crossing routes. Bills might be looking at that now, going, "We got some recent tape now that we can really kind of use that in this next game 
and it could be the unlocking of this Chiefs defense. That's why I'm so fearful. I, there's a lot of fear dripping out of me. Can you tell? Mm. <laughs> there's a lot of fear dripping out of me of this game. Um, and I just don't know how the Chiefs can actually win this game unless it's something, unless it's the defense really bailing them out again. But I think there's too much firepower to stop this this Bills offense for me. Yeah, the Chiefs get opportunities like they did against the Packers. They can't get in the bed. No. Essentially. Like, you can't have red zone turnovers. You can't have red zone penalties. You can't take red zone sacks. Yeah. Like, you, you, in between the 20s against the Packers, the Chiefs were pretty good. It's just when they got to the red zone, they were god awful. Yeah. And they can't do that against this Bills team. Like, you made a point about the, the Bills being able to switch on and produce an offensive performance that's mm. noteworthy. Like the Chiefs, what they've reached 30 points twice this year, I believe. Is it once against the Bears and once against the Chargers? They're the only two teams yeah. they've reached 30 points. Oh, against the Raiders as well. Raiders, yeah, yeah, Raiders, yeah. Yeah. Where the, the Bills, you look at what they've done offensively this year. They scored 34 points in their last outing against the Eagles, unlucky to lose. Mm. Probably should have won that game. And then they scored 32 points in their game before that against the Jets. Then you look a bit further back towards the start of the season, they scored 48 points against. Dolphins, they scored 37 points against the Commanders. They scored 38 points against the Raiders. It was five times yeah. that the Bills have switched on and gone above and beyond what the Chiefs have managed so far this season. They, now, it does work the other way as well. I was going to say the, the, better as well, the, the, the other way it does work as well because they do have games where they're just awful. They only scored 14 points against the Giants. They, they scored 22 points against the Broncos, which actually was 13 more points than we scored against them. Yeah. Um, so they do have games where they aren't good, but that's back to the Josh Allen theory, isn't it? That's what is Josh Allen going to produce? But I've, I love your point about the Chiefs, like the Chiefs mm. offense. I don't feel like they can. They can go a little higher, but I feel like the Raiders is like the absolute ceiling for this offense yeah. going forward. That type of performance where the Bills, with the power that they have, with the superstars that they have at their disposal, because it's through the air, they have the ability to score points quicker than the Chiefs do. Where the Chiefs, you look at them now, the way that they can score points is through the run game, which takes a lot more time, which ultimately leads to less points. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I I look at the two teams and I see a team that looks more like the Chiefs in the Bills and I see a Chiefs team that looks more like the traditional Bills. There's kind of like roles reversed at the moment and mm -hmm. I'm going to take the team that looks more like the Chiefs traditionally than the team that looks more like the Bills traditionally. Uh, predictions? What we're going yeah. with here? I think the Chiefs are going to lose this game. Um, unless something drastically happens on the offense. Yeah. Unless unless they do go to 12, 13 personnel and they do just try and... like, Do you remember when we played the Bills in Ralph Wilson a few years ago during the COVID year? Yeah. And they Clyde ran something stupid like 200 yards or 180 oh, yeah. yards or something yeah. like that. And they just ran the ball down the Bills' throat. If they can go top that kind of game plan, then the Chiefs stand a chance, but mm. I just don't trust the patience of Andy Reid and I don't trust the patience of Patrick Mahomes and Matt Nagy. I feel like there's an urge in there to get something going mm. with his receivers, even though it's clearly not there. And I think ultimately that might come and bite the Chiefs on the arse. So I'm going to go with the Bills. Um, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs do beat them because they are yeah. the Chiefs. They're as inconsistent as the Bills are. Um, but I'm going to say the Bills are going to win 30 to 27 or something like that. Like the Chiefs get a little bit more on offense, but the Bills mm. just have a little bit too much because of the star power. Like it, like it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs score four touchdowns, 
but they're all coming from the run game or screen passes or the tight ends. But <laughs> then the Bills score four touchdowns themselves and they're all receivers, just to rub it in. Like, yeah. one receiver catches and, yeah. Look at all the receivers we've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. We'll never get this. We'll never get this. <laughs> la, 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 la. No, we had it. We had it. <laughs> yeah. We just threw yeah, them away. That's what I'm going with. I'm going Bills 30, he's 27. Uh, well, my heart's saying Chiefs. It always does. My heart always does say Chiefs. And there's always that hope in there that, you know, the Chiefs will pull it out of the bag. We've seen it so many times where the Chiefs have just come out of really kind of adverse situations and they pull it out of the bag. And I really want to go with my heart on this, but I think my mind's just really just playing around in my head at the minute about the fear factor of this Bills team that could turn up. Um, and if this Bills team that could turn up is suddenly the season bills that we've seen in the past where they've just steamrolled teams. I fear that the Chiefs are going to lose this 17-31. Wow. Yeah. Two score home, two mm-hmm. score home loss. Yeah. That'll bring the boobads out. Wouldn't it? Time. Wouldn't yeah. it? Um, and I, I, like I said, I, I don't want it to happen. I, I fear it would happen. And especially, like you said, it, it, at our head. I think it could be a real kind of down moment. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on this. I really don't. I, I don't feel like I, I should be a Debbie, a Debbie Downer with an 8-4 and four team. I mean, how many years have we gone through this Chiefs organisation having really terrible seasons? And yet we're sat here at 8-4 and four, and we're all like, oh, well, it's just not really great at the minute, is it? You know, it, it's... It is what it is right now. It's because you can see the flaws that are ultimately going to cost us yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's that's why. All right, um, when the Chiefs get the ball, I, I, I think the biggest thing we got to look at right now, and this is a a major becoming a major concern, is this Pacheco hasn't practiced this week. All right, and you miss you know you miss Wednesday and Thursday, you don't practice. That is not a good sign at all um, for for you playing. And I'll be got I'll be honest with you, hell, I thought he I thought he's gonna get hurt three or four times in that last game in some of the ways his body was contorted and tackled in that game. But he has a shoulder thing. And I mean, I, I think there's a, I think there's a fair argument that he has been the most consistent weapon on the offense throughout the season. And really it seems like the only time that he hasn't been really productive is when he's not given the opportunity to be productive. And that is something that they they seem to have done well, and I think they can run on the Bills, particularly if they have him. This is this is a huge development if he can't go. It's massive. It sucks. He's such a big part of their offense right now. Like last week, one of the things that went well, and the funny thing, man, the offense actually really wasn't that terrible last week in a in a weird, strange, roundabout way. Pacheco was really good. Kelsey was good. Rasheed Rice was pretty good. Those are the guys that you're counting on for much of what you're trying to accomplish. And Pacheco was the guy that was driving most of that offense. He brings a physicality that this offense really needs. And when you've got Wanya Morris in there, man, Wanya's really good at one thing right now at this point in his career at left tackle. He is an excellent run blocker and he is a punishing run blocker. And that is a complete change of pace from what you have when Donovan is in there at left tackle because he is a terrible run blocker. He's okay in pass pro, but terrible in the run. 
So this was the week where you could have really leaned on Isaiah Pacheco on the ground, especially running to that left side of the line. And if he's not going to be able to play, I guess it's Jarek McKinnon week. And we just have to hope Clyde. like hell that he's actually going to be healthy. Stop it. Stop it's it. Clyde. It's Stop. Clyde. No, it's I, not. Even if, even no, if it's Jarek not. goes. It's Clyde, man. Clyde's going to have time. No, 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 no. It's, no, no. I'm dead serious. 10, 10 plus touches, even if Jarek McKinnon goes. I don't think. So Jarek McKinnon, the way they've been managing him is actually weird because last week he was like full participant all week, and that was after missing the previous game. So it seemed like he was going to be back, and then they ruled him out. And then this week starts off limited. Now he's been full uh, on on Thursday, and so I assume he's going to be full on Friday too while he's dealing with this groin injury. Some of that might be veteran stuff. But they're not going to give Jarek McKinnon 15 carries. It's just not going to happen. Clyde's going to get 10-plus touches in this game Man. if Isaiah Pacheco doesn't go. Yeah, yeah. you hope he goes. They need him to go. They need him to go. And uh, you brought up Prince, Maybe LaMichael P. Ryan will get called up from the practice squad. Right, I mean, right. if he can't go, I would expect – Start having a serious conversation. I mean, this Kadarius Tony maybe gets a few more more touches in the backfield. Maybe they, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, maybe they scheme some stuff up for Sky Moore in the screen game. <laughs> like those, those are the kinds of things that you probably have to do in order to just like add the passing I, elements to your running game because you, you can't rely heavily on Clyde. Get out of here, guys! Stop it. You made a you made a point there that I I, I absolutely I'm ready I'm ready to see Wanye. I like I'm I'm ready. Like to me, I I am I am hopeful that Smith doesn't play. It's Andy Reid when he spoke to the media on Wednesday was basically just like, yeah, Wanya's gonna start. And by the way, he should start even if he was healthy. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to get a look. Be available. I'm ready to get a look. I'm I'm over that on that side. I think I think he. I think he's not getting called for enough penalties to be personal with you. I, I, I think he, I'm just saying, I see him hold. I see him hold all the time. And like his, like he, I, there are so many times I look over there and he's got a full hug, like his arm wrapped around defenders. And I'm like, well, got away with that one. And, and, and he is like, he's the worst. He's like my son who is just floored when you, when, when I'm sitting, I'm sitting and watching you, son. You, I, I watched you. You <laughs> ate that fruit snack and you threw that paper right on the ground. And now I'm asking you to pick it up and stop throwing it on the ground. And you've looked at me like you have no idea. He does that after he blatantly holds people and has no clue. Like I'm, I'm, I'm over him. Hey, you, hey, you made a mistake. Let, let's see him. Let's see him. It, it felt better over there with Wanya, and you may need to help or whatever. And like to me, I think, I think it has to happen now. And to have him get the reps so he's ready in the playoffs, like I, I am, I am ready for that. I'd like for him to change his number, but I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready for the Wanye Morris train. It's a tough I, tackle I'm, I'm, number. It's a tough. It tackle. is. It's a tough one. It really, it's just a tough number in general. I it, listen. I, I listen. I'm so annoyed with them. I really am. Just watching them, it's it. it the offense is just so infuriating to watch them. And then in the red zone, I just. I almost flipped over to Real Housewives of Potomac <laughs> last Sunday, just just when they entered the red zone. I just, it's just, I just, it's it, ugh, it is annoying. And listen, in this game for me, I'm gonna keep calling for it. Baby steps. Last week I did too much. 
I, I asked on Sunday Night Football, let's see a vintage Mahomes performance. Nah, nah. I, I'm not even gonna. I'm, I'm not even gonna do it. I just can y'all just not shoot your own toes off. How about we do that? And it's it's just so many different variety of ways they are into doing it, from penalties to the offensive line throughout. Whether they're listen, they're whether they're random, right or whatever. Creed Humphrey. I don't know if that's a hold. Everybody who played center said it wasn't whatever. Um, the false starts, Juwan Taylor, you know what's coming. The penalties throughout, the the miscommunications between the quarterback and the receiver, and the turnovers. All right, it just—I mean, it just can't happen. Just like if they don't, it, we—it's repeated every time. If they don't shoot themselves in the foot, they probably got a chance to win these games. They—they they, they have a chance, and they just repeatedly. Do it, and that—that's all I'm asking. Like we saw it against the Raiders, where at least they didn't turn the ball over. Now they still had penalties, and there were still weird things. But just, just do that. And if they got to simplify things, man, they got to simplify things. All right, man. At some point, Andy or whatever, if we just if we just don't have quarterbacks and receivers who can ever be on the same page when it comes to a side adjustment, well, maybe it should just not be a side adjustment. Maybe it should just be. Hey, boss, you got a post, and you got a post, and both Mahomes and MVS know that you have a post. Like, they, like I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what happened, but they got to simplify this. It's it's too many times a game yeah. where they don't know. It's, and as it's I, so I, incredibly frustrating. And if if you can get to everybody on the same page, I don't even know that we can like ask that uh, at this point. We're we're past Thanksgiving, man. This is who they are. Like this, it's the old Belichick thing. Once you get to Thanksgiving, that's when the real season begins. Well, since Thanksgiving, this offense has not looked particularly good, um, and that's where we're at right now. Um, just no turnovers. Limit the penalties. Try yeah. to avoid the sacks. Limit. Yeah. Like so, so much of this is just as simple. Like avoid the drops. If you catch the ball, if you don't put yourself into third and fifteen situations you got a pretty good chance to be able to continue to move the ball because when they're not doing those things, the offense has mostly been okay this year. It's not explosive. It's not what it was, but they can still move the football. What this team can't do, Ron, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier, they cannot overcome mistakes. They just can't do it. They used to be able to. When you had Tyreek, you can erase a third and 15 like that. When you had last year, like all of the options that were available to them and Maybe Kelsey was a little bit better. Juju was available. MVS was a better version of himself. You were able to convert on those third and longs. This year, you can't. Mahomes has been sacked at some point this season on 15 different drives. Those drives have resulted in a total of two touchdowns on the season. 15 drives with a sack, two touchdowns. The Chiefs have had 33 drives this season that included a penalty on the offense at any point on that drive. Only eight of those drives ended in a touchdown. The Chiefs, when they get behind the sticks, cannot overcome those mistakes this year the way that they've been able to in the past. So you have it exactly head on, Ron. Avoid shooting yourself in the foot. If you can, you can move the ball against this defense. This is not a very good defense, but the one thing they do is they do create turnovers. you got to avoid that this week. I really agree with Ron's point about just trying to simplify things and, and just, you know, look, 
diagnose. We know Andy Reid is an incredible play caller. We know he can look at a defense and say, this is what I'm going to call, and this is where I think will work against that. But dumb it down a little bit. Make it simpler for the guys on the field. Make it easier and, and make it easier for Mahomes, too, because we understand that Patrick Mahomes is capable of running this insanely complicated offense to perfection. But the problem right now is that everyone else involved in the offense isn't capable of doing that. And we see that's why we see the mistakes constantly. And I actually talked to our friend from Buffalo rumblings.com, Jay Spencer King earlier this week about the bills and kind of what's working for them offensively. And, you know, there's a whole Ken Dorsey thing. They fired Dorsey and now it's Joe Brady. And he said that the bills offense has been better, even though it was still pretty good. It's still better than the Chiefs statistically uh, prior to them firing their offensive coordinator. Um, but he said the biggest difference is that Joe Brady simplified things because Ken Dorsey, they were, they were going out of their way to try to keep Josh Allen from running, to try to keep him healthy and preserve him from getting banged up and all of that stuff. And they were just overcomplicating everything. And so now with Joe Brady, he's just leaning into the running game and they're utilizing James Cook and Latavius Murray. They're doing more Josh Allen design runs. They're doing things to try to open up the passing game on the ground first and simplifying everything else. And the Bills have still been losing football games because of bad mistakes, but the offense has been playing better. Like it's, it, they haven't gotten the wins yet because they've had some other bad luck things happen. But I think the Chiefs could definitely learn something from that. Like, Andy, let's just simplify things because it's obviously not working with these guys. Yeah, it's and it's it's it's, it's amazing. The simple stuff is what is working. And it is Pacheco because like the, the damn like I'm not going to say it's not impossible to understand. But when you just think of the elements of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Isaiah Pacheco in a successful run game with Travis Kelsey, and they can't figure out the red zone. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, and then you look at it, like, even, you know, the tackles, they struggle, but they cannot figure out the. It's not like there are teams that you're like, all right, but once you get from 20 to 20, because they can't run the ball, that's why they struggle in the red zone. There's no element of that. They got, they got all the pieces where, it doesn't make sense that they are Ron, just struggling so much in the red zone. Ron, the Indianapolis Colts are averaging more points on the season than the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, Shane Steichen has been amazing. You just, you cannot convince me that the Colts have a better offensive roster than the Chiefs. There's no way to do so. It is literally impossible. The Chargers have scored the exact same number of points per game this season as the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this is despite the fact that the Chiefs, by the way, have scored on defense as well. So some of that is being included in these numbers. Like the Rams, same points per game this season as the Chiefs. These teams, in my opinion, my humble opinion, should not be better or the same as the Chiefs offensively. And that is despite me also acknowledging they have some serious roster flaws. Their tackles have not been good. Their wide receivers are not good enough. But you just mentioned it, Ron. Rasheed Rice is a really solid and talented football player. He can help you. Travis Kelsey is still really freaking good. You have an awesome running back and an interior of the offensive line, even if we concede that the tackles are bad, an interior of the offensive line, that's still pretty good, even if they're underperforming relative to expectations. So it's still there. It's all there if you want to be able to make it work. But the Chiefs, for whatever reason this year, haven't been able it's to. Weird. It's weird. We'll gotta get it. I mean, they've got Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, a good running game, 
and Kelsey, who attracts more attention than anybody in the red zone. And, like, sometimes we'll see Justin Watson has just caught the ball and he's standing all alone. We'll see that sometimes. We've seen that in the end zone. But just the consistent level that they struggle is baffling to me right now. And, like, and I say when you said simplify, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if you think about the things that work, Isaiah Pacheco, that simple run the football that has that has been successful or quick screens quick screens let's get it out to Rasheed Rice real fast those things have worked the simple things where the ball is out really quick it is these all right man Pat's gonna read and read and and then the receiver's gonna read and they're gonna read and then they're gonna come out and make and now Pat's holding the ball long long and then the tackles give up like it's just 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 because that starts bringing to the big point of mistakes those those keep bringing mistakes mom's gonna hold it longer which means he's holding it longer with an offensive line that is especially the tackles that's not really geared right now to to allow you to hold the ball i'm just like to me i'm, I'm almost like hey boss hey man if you don't see it if it ain't there like we let get five yards run it slide get 10 do like don't just sit back and hold it and make plays that ain't happening. Like let's let's get it right there. So, to me, just simplifying this thing is a hopefully something a major a major key. I don't know what they what they did during the bye week, but it's not seemed like they have figured it out at all.